0: Hello everyone, I am Dr. Asher Beckwith, and I am the host of the Self-Healing After Trauma podcast. And today I am so, 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 super excited to welcome Kimberly Ward. Kimberly Ward is a holistic practitioner specializing in natural mind-body therapies. And after decades of experience, she realized that unresolved trauma held in the body is often at the root of disease it isn't often addressed. Her clients began to have consistent radical breakthrough transformations when she shifted her work to a more integrated system that included somatic, and we've talked about that historically, that's the body, energetic and physical approaches, including natural hormone balancing techniques. Recognizing the value of this approach She has trained hundreds of health coaches, therapists, and practitioners in her certification program and the 10-step system to repattern life force energy. In addition to running the practitioner training program, she facilitates live workshops, speaks on the effects of stress and trauma, and sees clients in her private practice. I couldn't be more honored to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Let's dig in a little. Tell us, what is
1: transpersonal yeah. energy healing? Transpersonal energy healing is really a, sounds complicated, but it's actually a very simple system that I teach and I use on a daily basis in my personal life as well as with my clients and it's called trans trans means across so transpersonal mean meaning we are reaching all different aspects of ourself Mm. and we're using an energetic approach so it's it's definitely very embodied because we're including the body but we're also thinking about it from an energetic perspective not just a physical perspective And so it's techniques where we might use dialogue with a client, we might use breath work, we might use some energy techniques, we might use some movement, there's all different possibilities in transpersonal energy healing. But what I love about it most is that the main focus is I am centered and grounded in my essential self, meaning my divine higher self. And I'm sitting with a person, a client or friend or family member, and I'm seeing their essential self mm. and I'm focused on their resiliency and I'm focusing on them being whole. Wow. The thing that drew me to this work when I first saw it in action was that deep seated connection to the essential self.
0: Yeah. 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 And talk to us a little bit about how you get in touch with that essential self. I know a lot of people who have lived through traumatic experiences don't feel like they necessarily even know themselves.
1: Such a good point. And it's so true, is that when we have a traumatic experience, an extremely stressful experience, or even a severe traumatic experience, we have a sense of being fragmented. Right For our psyche to survive the situation, we often break into kind of different parts. And many people do what's called parts work, and, and we kind of incorporate that in transpersonal energy healing therapy as well, is we want to look at and notice the different aspects of ourselves. And how we had to come up with a way to survive was actually to disconnect. From ourself in certain ways and we all do it in different ways and i know you've been talking about the different survival patterns where there are some distinctive ways that people do this where they break away from their essential self for safety reasons right they have to have some capacity to feel safer when they're overwhelmed some capacity to buffer overwhelm and so that often means that we kind of split off into different parts of ourselves And so it's so true that if you have been fragmented from a traumatic experience, you might no longer even feel or sense that part of you, Mm -hmm. that part of you, the essential self is always okay. Mm -hmm. All because it's not your body. You are not your body. Mm -hmm. You have a body and the body has to have some survival tools because Mm -hmm. it can be harmed. We want to honor the survival tools. And we also want to know that there's that bigger part of us that is always okay, despite what is happening in the body. But if we're traumatized, we can't touch into that part of us. So it's a dilemma.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, this whole idea of wholeness is refreshing, right? (laughs) Because we also tend to get so fragmented with the trauma that it's Mm -hmm. hard to even conceptualize feeling whole after trauma.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so many of the different methodologies out there that can be very helpful can sometimes miss this piece mm-hmm. of the focus being on what's wrong instead of the focus on what's right. And that you, you feel fragmented, but you're in fact already whole. I mm-hmm. feel broken because I'm traumatized because I've lost my sense of my essential self. For good reason. There was a good reason for that. Mm -hmm. But this particular type of working with a client is very much based on the premise that you are already whole. I honor that you don't feel it yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to support you in returning to that truth of wholeness and to feel that in my body, not just know that in my mind. I'm going to work with you energetically and somatically in the body to help you return to that sense of connectedness, of wholeness, and that the foundation of your identity is based on your essential self and not based on the need to protect yourself or that defensiveness that arise because of the trauma.
0: Wow. That is incredible. Tell me more about how you get people to connect back to that wholeness and not feel triggered or to go off and to their different patterns, their different survival mm-hmm. patterns. Mm-hmm.
1: I think the first step is me being very grounded and present in my essential self mm-hmm. can hold a safe place for the client to even venture there themselves. I am going to be very grounded and I completely trust the essential self of my client. Mm. So because I'm grounded and I'm attuned to my own essential self, I can create a safe place for my client to explore. So within this safe container that we create with my groundedness and my clarity on my essential self, my absolute trust in my client's essential self creates a safe place for us to start. And we start with awareness. What am I doing that's not my essential self? Maybe that's all I know because I don't know what my essential self is because I'm so defended because I've been so traumatized. So we're going to start to pay attention to what's not my essential self. What my action is, is not who I am. My thought is not who I am. Mm. And my emotion is not who I am. It's what I'm experiencing. Mm. So we start there.
0: Absolutely. I like to be really practical about things and break things down for folks. And you know, I'd love to talk about things in the abstract, but I also love to give folks some good examples of things. So is there an example of something that you could share that might resonate with the listeners? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I asked my clients, like, what's up, what do they need help with? What's not working for them in their life? Yeah. Right. Um, I recently had a client that is working with some shame. Mm there is this heavy sense of shame that she's experiencing. So we get really grounded and connected in. So we feel like we have a safe container and we start to observe. I use a technique called the objective observer. I want to watch what's happening without being judgmental. Yeah. And without being pulled into the emotion, objectively observe what I'm noticing when I think about the shame is, mm-hmm. and then I ask my client to think of three different things. What am I noticing in my body? What's yeah. the sensation yeah. tied to the shame? I ask, what's the thought or what is the story that I'm telling myself around the shame? And then is there an emotion around the shame. So sensation and emotion are different. Okay. There's a physical sensation in a body, an emotion I'm having around it, and maybe a thought. So you might only have one of the three, but we're going to slow down and start practicing the skill called the objective observer. What is here now? What's happening? If I have judgment around it, I don't want to judge the judgment. I want to notice this (laughs) is happening. I notice the judgment. I notice the sensation. I notice the emotion. And I start to just be with it. Yeah. I'm just going to be with it. I don't have to fix it right away. Mm -hmm. My job in the beginning here is awareness and just starting to observe it from that objective place. And then what I find is That it starts to naturally unfold in its own perfect healing process Mm. if we make the space to be with it. That's
0: incredible. Yeah. Just making that space, right? That's so critical. That's so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But scary. If you've been in a defensive place for good reason, because you've had trauma and that defensive behavior kept you safe now. You're working and going into it. You've resisted the feeling. I don't want to feel this. It's uncomfortable. It's unsafe. I don't want to feel it. So I resist it. Now for somebody to ask you to sit in it, go into it, explore it can be a bit much. So that's why the safe container with a trained practitioner is so important to create that safe place. And it's okay to go really, really slow. Mm. right it's okay to just titrate in step in a little bit and then pull back if it's too much Mm. step in a little more and pull back but just by observing and naming I say notice and name
0: Mm.
1: you don't have to fix it yet but just noticing it and naming it is the most important first step that you can take in a safe environment
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I've been having folks do is to keep journals, notice their behavior and track it over time and notice how these patterns are manifesting in their day-to-day life and their thoughts and their emotions and in their behaviors. And then this adds that next element, which is beautiful, which is to be able to
1: experience
0: that with a practitioner in a very safe environment.
1: Yes. Yeah. Sometimes if you've been resisting something for many, many years, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's very yeah. uncomfortable to move into it and explore it. And so having a safe person, a safe environment to do that can be really important. And then, like you said, journaling is such a great tool because that can bring more conscious awareness to the pattern. I have a client I was working with who had a really extreme inner critic. I mean, just everything that she did, her inner critic was telling her that it was wrong or it was bad or it was not good enough. And so I I recommended that she keep a little tiny notebook on hand. And every time the inner critic came in, she just did a check mark and she came back to me after that request that she keep that journal, no writing, just checking off every time that inner critic came up, she was so horrified that it was constant, the cognitive understanding and realization of how often that inner critic came up into her mind really shifted her. She consciously understood that this was happening all of the time. And that wow. really shifted her motivation to work from a different perspective. But it was very wow. eye-opening for her to track how often this was happening. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it just sounds like it was completely embedded within her and she embodied it in many ways.
1: Yeah. And that tool of journaling helped her to start tracking and then she could objectively observe. Mm. I go, oh, I'm doing it again. Check it off. I'm doing it again. Check it off. I'm doing it. Then she's watching herself do it. Yeah. And she's less identified with doing it because she can watch that she's doing it. Now, she didn't have the capacity yet to change, but she had more motivation and she had more ability to objectively observe. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that awareness piece is so important as that first step, because without that, you really can't change. So yeah. Yeah.
1: And and by sitting back and watching, giving yourself the space to watch
0: Mm -hmm.
1: opens up the possibility to do something differently. Beautifully stated. So even if I don't do anything differently yet, because I'm still new in my healing process, the fact that I can watch means some part of me is watching mm-hmm. what part of me is watching. What part of me is watching. That's my essential self. Mm. My essential self is watching my mentor and actual creator of the transpersonal energy healing process. Laura find she recently passed away, mm-hmm. but. What I love about her work, again, was the focus on the essential self. And she so beautifully helped us understand that we are not the body. You are not what you own. If you own a car, you're not your car. If you have a body, you're not the body. If I can notice what's happening to the body, the I that is noticing that is the real me. Mm, wow. So for people that haven't had a sense of their essential self, awareness is the most important piece. I'm starting to become aware that I'm having an experience that I can notice and name the I that's noticing and naming my experience is the real me, the mm-hmm. consciousness, the divine spark of soul that's in me. That's the real me. But again, as you mentioned, if you're traumatized, if you're dealing with a traumatic system, traumatized system, you don't have an experience of that. Yeah. Well, and
0: trust is such an important issue too. And I know for myself going through trauma that even if I maybe heard or saw that essential self, I didn't necessarily trust it. So how do you deal with something like that?
1: So we sit in the not trusting it. Okay. Right. We sit in that and we're curious. Curiosity is so crucial in healing, right? I am going to curiously, objectively observe this, not trusting it. Mm. And then I'm going to track it. I'm going to have the client tell me, tell me more about what's it like to not trust. My clients have all the answers. I don't know. So I'm having fun with this process (laughs) because I never know what's going to come up. I don't have the answers, but I know that my client's essential self does. My job is to keep them in the lane is what Mm -hmm. I like to say. I sit with a client and I'm very curious and I ask them questions that bring them deeper in the, for instance, not trusting Mm themselves. And I, I hold a safe container and I invite them to go a little deeper into that. And we're going to track the energy of that. We're going to track the sensations. We're going to track the thoughts. We're going to track the emotions. And through that process being held in the lane, you will come to your own understanding and you will have your own prescription of what's needed for healing.
0: So you're really facilitating the healing process. Is that what you would say is acting a uh, facilitator?
1: Yeah, because we all have our own capacity for healing. Healing happens internally, not because a practitioner or a healer is doing the healing. You are doing your own healing process because it's a natural ability that we all have to have a sense of healing and wholeness.
0: Really drawing on the essential self of that individual to heal themselves. Thank you for joining us. Please tune in next week for a continuation of my conversation with Kimberly Ward, co-founder of the Transpersonal Energy Healing Therapy. I invite you to please subscribe and like this channel. And please give it a five-star rating and share it with anyone else you think may be interested. It is such an honor to be with you on your healing journey.